0: now recording i am jonathan dixon i'm here with grandma arta Jean christensen uh say hello grandma
1: hello grandma
0: (laughs) it's a thing now it's a thing we must do (laughs) we're here on the my family her story (laughs) podcast and it is july 15th 2021 our goal here is to preserve in podcast form stories and memories for future generations and to have a good time and today is a special holiday episode. We are talking about the 4th of July. And because we are dyed-in-the-wool Utah folks, we're also talking about the 24th of July. The super special 2nd 4th of July that you only get if you live in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pioneer Day, by the way. Um, so, Grandma, you were born in 1929 in, uh, on a farm in Sigurd, Utah pretty rural. As a child in the 30s, in the Great Depression, how did you celebrate uh, the 4th and 24th of July?
1: Well, the, the 4th of July was always a patriotic time for us. And we didn't have a parade in Sigurd, Utah, but in richfield which was close about 7 miles away they very often had a parade maybe they had one every year i don't remember that specifically but my mother would make us each a new dress each of each of the girls
0: how many girls were there
1: well there were 5 of us
0: <laughs> so it's a lot of good dresses
1: <laughs> Uh, but we had we ha- did have a new dress for the Fourth of July, and uh, I've got a I've got a little photograph that was taken in our backyard with all the family lined up together in their in in their nice clothing that they wore on the Fourth of July, and it was a that was traditional to have a new dress on the tw- on the Fourth of July and i have to say we were in the depression days and there was there there was no money <laughs> there was everything but money <laughs> we had we had the the farm and the garden and like that to take care of the our food needs but the clothing idea was something else and my mother said sometimes she would use the same same dress and remake it over and over for younger younger daughters <laughs> just because that that was kind of the way it was and and she she was an excellent seamstress and our dresses were always pretty and and cute and on the 4th of july they were often frilly and and Uh, had ruffles and like that, that mother was able to make. Usually, as I say, out of a different, out of some kind of hand-me-down clothing, for us little girls at least. Anyway, this was, uh, this was just one thing. And often we would go to Richfield for the parade and take a, take a picnic lunch with us to eat in the park and watch the watch the so-called patriotic parade mhm lots of times it ha- it had tractors and other farm equipment driving down the street along with along with floats and so the 4th of July was anyway it was always a special day we Loved the 4th of July and and loved all the fanfare that went along with it. The one thing that I just remembered was that we always, I think we always made homemade root beer, the yeast kind that got stronger as the days went by and sometimes even burst the bottles that we put it in (laughs) but homemade root beer was a and homemade ice cream both of those were very very usual traditional parts of our celebration we had we had cows and so there was plenty of milk and my my father and i don't know who else was involved in this but in the winter time they would go to the river or the canal which was frozen over and and cut big chunks of ice from the top of the river or the canal and bring them home on the hay wagon and then put them in a big bin that we had uh, that he had built on the side of the granary this bin was full of sawdust and they put these chunks of ice in in the sawdust and and covered him up deeply with sawdust and the ice the ice would Hopefully last till the 4th of July so we could make ice cream in a hand crank ice cream freezer To have on the on the 4th of July and this was kind of a this was kind of a fun thing that that uh, was traditional with our family at least and I might add that once in a while we would go, we kids would go down and burrow down into the into the sawdust till we could find the ice that was still.
0: Oh, so it was like buried in sawdust. Oh, the ice yeah, was. buried
1: in sawdust. I didn't make that clear.
0: Sorry, I thought it was like a bin with like sawdust in the walls, but no, it was literally just like a bin full of sawdust yeah. with ice blocks in it.
1: A bin full of sawdust, yeah, with ice blocks in it. And we would bur- burrow our feet down till we could reach the sawdust, see, reach the ice in the sawdust, and and feel that coldness. Of and the, just touch it with your toes? With our bare feet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a wonderful kid thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure my dad would have been very happy about that, because it, it was a long time from winter till the... Fourth of July, and that that uh, sawdust was supposed to keep the keep the ice cold enough so that there would still be some left when when the Fourth of July came around, so that we could have homemade ice cream. Anyway, that was kind of a fun thing to do. We didn't have refrigerators and freezers and things like that in those days, so so. Uh, we made do with what, what we could. We couldn't e- you couldn't even go to the store and buy a bag of ice to freeze your ice cream with. That's what we do today. But, but we couldn't do that then. But anyway, that was, that's just a little fun idea that was, was part of the Fourth of July celebration. And my father was <clears throat> extremely patriotic. His birthday happened to be on the 6th of July, just two days later. And he used, he was, he just kind of equated himself and his, his birth as being part of the celebration of, of independence and about the founding of America and those important things. And he he had this little story he used to tell he was born in 1892 and as I said on the 6th of July 1892 and he would say that's 400 years from the time that Columbus discovered America
0: y'all yeah, was going to say 1492 sailed yeah. the ocean blue <laughs>
1: 1492 to 1892 and then he'd say it took him that long to get ready for me <laughs> <laughs> his favorite thing but my father was a poet he wrote he wrote many kinds of poetry but patriotic poetry always was part of his a uh, part of his repertoire and he had written a a poem called the he, he called it what do you see when the flag goes by and it was always a part of whatever we did on the 4th of July we always recited that as part of our as part of our celebration a beautiful poem dealing with a a, a a soldier in the second world war i mean the first world war sorry in the first world war and and his his feelings about about the flag well
0: um and this was written by great, great grandpa
1: Yes, written by my father, Irvin L. Warnock, and it was published in quite a few places. I have a couple of magazines from back in those days, about the time that I was born. Uh, those magazines had that poem in it, and and it was recognized in other by other people besides just our family to be a an important patriotic uh, poem. And, and i love it <clears throat> anyway that was another that was another uh, part of of the celebration was for us to recite that poem and on the 4th of july they hadn't they hadn't well we didn't have aerial fireworks they might have had some at the fairgrounds, a community celebration. But what we had was, we had a couple of things. One was called a Roman candle, which was a long, a long thin tube with the, the fireworks inside the tube. And we'd light the end of it and hold it in our hands. <laughs> And it would shoot different colored balls of fire out of the front end of that tube,
0: and you just hold on to it. And
1: we just hold on to it. I wonder about that now. I wonder why why we didn't all get our hands blown off or burned or whatever. <laughs> but that was that was one thing that we had, and then we had lots of lots of uh, firework uh, firecrackers firecrackers very the the bigger they were the louder they boomed when we set them off and we usually had a pack of firecrackers that we would set off but we would hear the the big firecrackers going off early in the morning on the fourth of july and the people would people in town boys i suppose would be setting off firecrackers early early on and that would that would celebrate the 4th of july with lots of with lots of noise and my father was the scoutmaster for a while and he set up a tradition that went on for quite a while and that was that there was a there was a hill of good good size on the east side of Sigurd, and kind of a volcanic hill. And on the top of that hill, he and the Boy Scouts erected a flagpole. And then on the fourth of July, they would all trek up to the top of that hill, and post the flag in on this flagpole on the on the morning of the fourth of July. And that was another thing that we kind of looked forward to. Then all day long we'd see that flag uh, floating in the breeze and, and realize that was another way of recognizing the way we loved our country and cared about what What the uh, forefathers did to set it, set our country into operation. And we would have a patriotic program especially if it if the 4th of july happened to be on a sunday which by the way it happened to be a sunday the 4th of july happened to be a sunday when i had just turned 8 years old and the i don't know whether it was the bishop brick the sunday school superintendency or who somebody came into our classroom and told us that we were all going over to Richfield to be baptized. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, the first we'd heard of it, but that, that was all right. We knew we were going to get baptized when we were eight. And they took the whole class, I think about maybe about eight kids. Somehow we all went over to Richfield And, and we were all baptized, not by our fathers. We were baptized by uh, a priest in the Aaronic priesthood. And I knew, I knew his name. And just as a sidelight, that young man later on was killed in second world war. And I always thought that that was so sad because he was the priest who baptized me. And he died when he was not much older than that, probably about, um, probably about 20 years old, something like that, and uh, lost his life.
0: Do you remember, I just, I know a lot about World War II, do you remember which front possibly he was fighting on? He,
1: I, the only one I know, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know which front because we had more than one, but he was in Europe. Okay. I don't know which, uh, which battle.
0: Which part of Europe, but.
1: I don't know that,
0: but. That side, that's so sad though.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a sad thing. But to finish, to finish that day that after we all got baptized, Richfield had, a the chapel we went to had a font but sigurd ward did not have a baptismal font and so that's why we all went over to richfield to get baptized and then we all came back they brought us after we had been baptized they brought us back over and it was sacrament meeting and in the afternoon and we all got confirmed in the church by our fathers this time i think we all got confirmed by our fathers but but uh, none of my family went along on the baptism part and it's just very different from what we do today when we when we get kids ready to be baptized and we have a big family celebration out of it and everybody comes and to the church and watches them get baptized well that wasn't the way we did it, but anyway, it was kind of interesting. They just came to our class and said, "Okay, we're all going over to Richfield and get baptized," and they took took our whole class
0: on the Fourth of July. <laughs>
1: on the Fourth of July, it was, so that's kind of just one just one happened to be once Fourth of July, but then. Um, the 24th of July was a lot like that, too, because they set up firecrackers and things and did kind of the same kind of things on the 24th of July. We felt like it was a lot the same as uh, the 4th of July. One was the founding of our Nation. The other was the founding of our state, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how we looked at it. And and we were very patriotic on both days. The later on. Later on, the twenty fourth of July was uh, when we when we. <clears throat> After we were married and had our own families, we used to go up to Salt Lake, and find a place to sit along a, a grassy uh, side by a gra- by a sidewalk on some grass and sit there and wait for the twenty fourth of July parade to come along, and that that parade was the the biggest and and most important of the celebrations that was that we didn't have a big 4th of July parade in Salt Lake City but we had the big huge 24th of July parade and so that was that was nice and uh, we even from time to time had had kids that were in the in the children's parade and one time Evan was actually in the in the big celebration parade and he i thought it was an interesting take on, on it but he was dressed up all in pink everything he had on was pink and he had we he had, we made his we covered up his boots with with gold satin with golden satin and that went with his with his pink clothing and he was Brigham Young on this parade. <laughs> I wonder why he was pink. pink. <laughs> Thought that was interesting,
0: but For, for no. those of you listening who might not be familiar, the twenty fourth of July is celebrated in, in Utah and some of the inner mountain west. Uh, the twenty fourth of July eighteen forty seven is the day that uh, Brigham Young came into the Salt Lake Valley leading the, uh, that began the pioneer era and uh, founded Utah. um, The pioneer era of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Founded Utah. um, Growing up for me, it it was like a second Fourth of July. Just like Grandma said, it was celebrated in the same way. With fireworks and barbecue and homemade root beer floats, and uh, it was great. So, sorry. Anyways, keep going, Grandma. I I just <laughs> wanted to. I know not everyone listening is is familiar with our uh, our special holiday.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it was it was in honor of the pioneers who who first came here. As um, exiles from the from the United States, they were actually driven out of their homes and forced to leave and they were led by Brigham Young and the apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of latter- day saints led them across Brigham Young said, "We're going to take them all the way across." the plains and over the rocky mountains and into mexico which at the as they started out this trek utah and the valleys of of utah were under mexican control they were part of they were part of mexico at that time and not a part of the united states of america but as they <clears throat> During the amount of time that it took them to get ready and and prepare their wagon trains and whatnot and get ready to come, there was a what they called a Mexican War, and portions of what used to be the what used to belong to Mexico were ceded to the United States at the end of that war. There was a, some people have heard of the Mormon Battalion. A, a group of approximately five hundred recruits were were uh, chosen from the Pioneer Company that was preparing to come to Utah, and they they that was part of the Mexican War battle. It was battles that were going on right at that time but by the time by the time they actually got to Utah then this area had been ceded to the to the United States from Mexico and so they actually then were still in the United States when they got to Utah and and settled here
0: there's a little bit of overlap Um, There's a funny uh, story that a joke that I was told on my while I was on my mission from a member of the ward, uh, Brother Juarez. So when Brigham Young first got into the valley, it was still Mexican territory for like a couple of days. And so there's the famous story within the church of Brigham Young going and sticking his his cane into the ground or his staff, his stick into the ground and going, brethren, this is the place where we will build the temple of our God. And uh, on my mission, Brother Juarez said, and when he did that, that was Mexican territory. So the Salt Lake City Temple, I think, is the first Mexican temple. <laughs> and I... Uh, I never
1: heard that before, but that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought that was very funny and I, I wanted to share that. But uh, Sure. Yeah, it was then American territory within, like, almost no time at all. But... Uh, that's why we celebrate pioneer day on the twenty fourth of July so go ahead
1: it 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 was a these are both heritage holidays and we understood what this heritage was we understood the value of our american our American citizenship and the constitution and the values of american freedom we understood that and we loved our country america and that we felt the same way about our statehood and we we were felt really really like like this was a heritage thing and that we were uh, involved we were the recipients of the sacrifices made by both the american founding fathers and, and the revolutionary patriots and also the pioneers who came here and settled utah and gave us that heritage as well so it was its it's a dual a dual holiday but celebrated in much the same way in utah
0: yeah and it's a, it's it's kind of awesome to me that your father was so such a patriot cuz his probably uh grandfather maybe great-grandfather was was if i'm remembering my family history correctly one of the ones who marched across the plains who like one of the members of the church literally driven out of the united states and not helped through the persecution and uh, to turn around and the family history is now to turn around in the uh, like the 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 pride in America is now so uh, like beautifully present. I think that's that's awesome to me that it can, I guess, turn around like that. Yeah. It's just something to think about.
1: It is. It's something to think about. It's, but we had we had that. Strong patriotic feeling about America. It was prevalent in the United States. Everybody felt that way about about our our hard-won liberties, and we were very happy happy to have them, and also happy, I think. I don't know I never heard anybody say well we sure were glad when we got seated out of Mexico and into the United <laughs> States no I never heard anybody say that but I'm sure that they were very happy to be part of the United States in when they when they got settled here in Utah and they were far away from the persecutors and they had plenty of problems in getting started here in in Utah but the the pioneer spirit carried on way into my all my growing up and into my even into my children's growing up that we who do we love the most the state or or the nation and my dad said one time well Who do you love the most, your father or your mother? That's the way it is. You love them both equally, and there's no, (laughs) you can't choose which one you like better.
0: (laughs) I like that. We've talked a lot about um, being a child and the experience that you had in the 4th and 24th. Um, In your teenage years, uh, World War II happened. And so, how was. That how was celebrating the Fourth of July um, during World War Two? II...
1: Well, I have to think about that for a few minutes, but I, I don't remember it being very different than it had been right along the way because uh, we were. We were involved in the war effort. We were involved in everything. We contributed our young men and to the to the armed services, and we contributed our money to the to the war bonds and like that. And in every way, we were patriotic to the United States. Maybe even more so during the war because we felt like we were being threatened from these uh, foreign powers that were trying to to take over the world, and we felt like that they were would also try to destroy us if they had the opportunity. We had a very strong patriotic feeling all, all that time, and the only thing that ever stopped the... 24th of July parade which was about the state of Utah. The only thing that ever stopped that was the COVID problem and I haven't heard yet that they have made plans to resume the 24th of July parade but I hope they will but it was the pandemic that stopped us having the fourth, uh, 24th of July parade.
0: Yeah, makes sense because during wartime, it would be um, great to get everyone together and boost national morale, but not during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> that is the opposite of what you want to do. Right. So the celebration didn't really change in your teenage years. There was uh, a war going on, but it was, you know, over there. You still had your homemade ice cream and and homemade root beer and... And uh, firecrackers—is that about right?
1: Yeah, basic, basically, and then, <clears throat> then the parade, <clears throat> the 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 Fourth of July parade was always over in Richfield, and the and the twenty-fourth of July parade was in Salt Lake City. But another thing that they did, especially for the twenty-fourth of July, was they would have what they called a mock battle. And they'd have uh, they somewhere somewhere out in the foothills. Why they these people would be the red men, and these people oh, no. would be the Americans, <laughs> the pioneers who were trying to settle here. And they'd they'd ride their horses and shoot blanks up in the air and make a lot of noise. and
0: cowboys and Indians.
1: Cowboys and Indians idea.
0: Cowboys and natives.
1: I've seen, I've seen quite a few of those.
0: (laughs) So in your, um, a lot changed from your childhood to when you were then raising children. Um, how was the 4th of July of your childhood different from the 4th of July of your children? Or sorry, I, how? I, yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to carry on those traditions. I can't think that that it was a a great deal difference, except that later on we started, they started ab- allowing <clears throat> aerial fireworks, and then. For all these years, until until this year, for many many years, we would gather at at home here and set off fireworks. Either the kind that <clears throat> that just blow blow uh, colored fire around on the on the road, or the kind that shot up into the air. Both kinds and uh, we've done that for we've done that for many years we have <clears throat> have a barbecue in the afternoon and then in the evening we have the the fireworks go off and all the family that wants to ca- gathers around and, and we shoot the fireworks off up into the air but this year it wasn't the pandemic that kept us from doing it it was the drought and we couldn't set off any fireworks this this particular year of of twenty twenty one because we've had hardly any rain for the whole year and and everything is bone dry and they're very worried about about the uh, the danger of fire of real fire in the in the brush and the wild lands and whatever so this year fireworks were not allowed but a minute ago I thought of something else that we always did on the 4th of July and right now it went out of my head again
0: well I hope it comes back are there any um particular memories of, um, a 4th of July in your life, uh, from your childhood all the way up to present day, uh, that, that really stick out to you as something you'd like to share? This is, uh,
1: this is something that our ward has done uh, and this this is not unusual but a lot of a lot of wards have done this same kind of thing but they used to always have a have a a breakfast a pancake breakfast over at the at the church and then at the end of that all the kids could decorate their bicycles and and have a kids parade a little just a little round the block kids parade with their bicycles or with with wagons to pull or in some way like that and so <clears throat> these kids would uh, would put crepe paper in the spokes of their bicycles or and put flags up on the handlebars and things like that, and then, and then ride around in a in their own little, just the ward, round the block parade, and that <clears throat> we've done that many many times. And then for a while, our our ward thought that that the Christensen yard was a good place to have their celebrations. So. I don't know how many years, but, but like ten years or more, we had the the pancake breakfast in in our own yard because we had this nice yard and a a nice little access road over there, and we've had that uh, that Fourth of July breakfast in our own <clears throat> in our own yard for the whole warden, and then they'd all come and don... Don had a lot of uh, of nice tables and chairs that he purchased for a for a wedding that we had one time here and had in the yard and so we always had those uh, those tables and chairs available and and that was handy and and the, we just have the Fourth of July, Pancake breakfast right here in our own yard, and then the little kids would also have their their uh, little round-the-block parade with their decorated bicycles, and so on. And we also had. We made the we made the memorial flagpole in honor of of my father after his after his passing. <clears throat> And that was a convenient place for the for the,
0: the memorial flagpole in your yard.
1: Yes, in the yard. And that was a convenient place for the Boy Scouts or the or the Cub Scouts to have a a flag raising ceremony before we started the the pancake breakfast. And I always thought that was a A really nice thing because that uh, that was right right handy here right in the yard and the flagpole is right there and so we've had we've had that happen quite a few times and then the the at the Boy Scout auction we were able to get that beautiful rock that was that's engraved the rock itself is engraved and it says what does it say? <laughs> it's part of the pledge of allegiance. Anyway, that's engraved on the that's engraved on the rock, with uh, liberty and justice for all.
0: One nation under God. That's it. One nation. One nation
1: under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And it says that on the rock, and that's in front of our in front of grandpa's memorial um, flagpole that's that's in in my yard and and I love that. And that's another thing that we've done with the ward and with the Boy Scouts many, many times. And
0: no worries at all. I, um, when we celebrate the 4th of July, we're celebrating the birth of the United States of America. And so, um, I guess just take a couple of sentences, seconds, and tell me how, what are your feelings about the United States, about America?
1: Oh, I love America. <laughs> I I inherited my father's and my mother's patriotic feelings and leanings, and I have tried to pass them on to my family as well. I love the United States of America. I feel like that God had a hand in setting this country country into operation <clears throat> this country is the epitome of liberty and it has been the the shining light on the hill for all the nations of the world and I think it still is and I feel strongly that the United States of America is has a God-given Destiny that hasn't been completed yet, and we're still, we still are, are going to have wonderful, wonderful things take place within the United States of America, and that is the uh, that that is tied directly with the. The church that I love, the pioneers who were dedicated to this church and who came across the plains to find a place where they could worship God according to the dictates of their own conscience. And that nation, that uh, this nation was established by God and became the cradle of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ under the um, under the uh, work of our prophet Joseph Smith and this nation, was founded on all those religious liberty principles in order that it could become the cradle of the restoration because God had a purpose for this nation. You want to know how I feel about America? I love America.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's delightful. Um, If it's okay, I want to finish this conversation and this episode out Uh, By reading the uh, poem that your father wrote.
1: Oh, how lovely.
0: So I'm holding in my hands the July 1929 issue of the Improvement Era. The uh, old magazine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, this... Is called Stars and Stripes by my great grandfather Irvin L. Warnock. What do you see when the flag goes by? That your hat comes off and your head goes high? What are your thoughts as you see it wave, as though by the breath of the boys who gave? They're all in all that it might still be, the world's high trust in liberty? In Argonne's shade, where the whining wheel, where the whining steel, left a path of dead for the giant's heel, a khaki lad felt the sting of lead, and groaned in the dust while his clothes turned red. An eternity passed that afternoon, and the lad grew wise and old too soon. Humanity trooped through his fevered brain, pleading relief from the tyrant's reign. Man's unjust acts do man's unjust acts to his fellow men, down through the age since the earth began. All were his in that cosmic hour till his anguished soul cried out for power, to cleanse the earth from its sin and strife, and replace therefore the abundant life of peace and love and loyalty, where those who serve are royalty. As dust creeps o'er the dead-strewn field, A rescue corps by the dark concealed, Placed a friendly hand on that fevered brow, And were pledged that night to a sacred vow. Take this little flag, the sufferer said, Bullet pierced with blood, soaked red, And dye each alternate stripe to be, That each new flag becomes part of me. Leave some stripes clean and pure and white, Unspotted still for our nation's light. In the corner there fling a field of blue, With God's own stars still shining through. Then build a pole of the nation's strength, Run my flag to the top, full length. Before old glory let my people bow, Yes, Yes, dear God, I am ready now. What do you see when the flag goes by? That your hat comes off and your head goes high? What are your thoughts when you see it wave? As though by a breath from an argon grave. Thank you.